we are recording this podcast not so much for um, health visitors and healthcare professionals, um, but we thought it might be really useful to do a podcast to share with the general public mm-hmm. and in particular with um, families or soon-to-be families yeah. about what health visitors actually are. Yes, exactly. Because there's a huge amount of misconceptions, isn't there, about our role? <laughs> indeed, indeed. I mean, I think we should, um, we'll get to the, the dispelling myths yes. sort of towards the end. Um, Start but, with the actual information and then we'll get yeah. to the funny things that people think that we are that we're actually not. Hopefully, by the time we get to that, you will be able to see quite how funny some of them are. Yeah. And as you can even hear from us, you know, we are we are nice human beings. Yeah, we're not we're yeah. not um, normal humans. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We're not we're not. Well, we, we, not we sure I call myself humans. normal. We are definitely well as normal as we're going to get. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, one so, of the reasons we started this podcast in the first place, wasn't it, is that I don't really think anyone actually knows who we are, and we've both written no. about this as well. I've written yeah. a column for the Journal of Health Visiting um, about the role of the health visitor. Does anyone actually know what we do? And you've yeah. written. And stuff in this topic yeah yeah well. so um my my much neglected blog or oh, um jen <laughs> hv um actually started because um a really good friend of mine who specializes in newborn photography um asked me to write something for her blog uh-huh. and so i wrote um an article about um what to expect from sort of health visitors and yes. from like the new birth visit and things. Yeah. Um, and that actually then sort of gave me the bug, as it were. Um, to write a blog in general. To, yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll do a link to the, that in the uh, in the blurb and hopefully a link to your article as well. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we should maybe start off with, you know, well, what, what are health visitors? Yeah, who are we? Who are we, Jenny? Yeah. Well, I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so all we... nurse, all health visitors are either nurses or midwives originally. That's yeah. where they come from. <laughs> yeah, and then they're taken and moulded and have bits <laughs> added onto them. We're we're roughly genetically modified nurses. We are. Yes. <laughs> or midwives. Um, so yeah, we have to do um, extra training at degree or even. Um, sort of postgraduate diploma level which is like master's level Mm -hmm. um study never thought I would be doing master's level study I can tell you (laughs) I'm still kind of I still am a little bit like imposter syndrome where I keep thinking there's gonna be a tap on my shoulder (laughs) and our old course our old course leaders are gonna be there going sorry we made a big mistake here rubbish I don't know what we were thinking (laughs) absolutely not so um yeah and in fact it's quite funny with yeah Sort of did a little shout out earlier on this evening on um, social media to any um, health visitors with sort of misnomers or who know of misnomers, and someone yeah. replied actually saying that um, you know they've had people apply for health visiting jobs yeah. who have no health visiting background at all. Yes, yeah, I we've mean, had that she as well. Even has said that they had um, sort of bin collectors. And um, shop assistants <laughs> applying for health visiting jobs. Oh dear. Which is so sad because it really it. just reflects a massive misunderstanding of the role completely. Oh, you know? But then you, you wouldn't know apply what... to a ward nursing role, would you? But 
funnily enough, if you I didn't have a even, degree. even when I worked in children's A&E, oh, we would really? have people applying who Gosh. had no nursing qualification and would almost be like, well, surely it's, it's children's A&E. You're just sort of playing with children, aren't you? Oh, OK, like, I see. Where, where do you think <laughs> the poorly ones go exactly? <laughs> Um, and I think one of the confusing things is that health visitors are only one part of the health visiting team, aren't they? Yes, and so that I doesn't think help with sometimes. the confusion. No. Mm. So we also have, um, so in the team I'm on at the moment, we have nursery nurses and we have our admin staff who mm-hmm. I think the whole service would crumble and break without Absolutely. because they are the guys who are there in the office to take the phone calls, to sift through as to who who should be made aware and give people call back and things. Yeah. Um, and we're also looking at introducing um, some band five nurses, some sort of junior nurses who haven't done health visitor training yeah. yet, but are looking at kind of doing the health visitor training. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, so, sorry, so go for it. I was just, yeah, I was just agreeing with you, you know, the services in all, all over the country are kind of increasingly piecemeal, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and some are made up of uh, health visitors and nursery nurses and admin. Some are admin and health visitors and staff nurses. Some, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's very kind of mosaic. I think that's the word that yeah. um, we've just both watched a really interesting feature on Channel 4 News, which was about health visiting and the role and how important it is and how it's been, funding's been cut to health visiting, rec- well, to public health generally yes. recently um and that's meant a lot of changes for some health visiting services and i think yeah. increasingly the services are relying on um other members of the team aside from health visitors to do some of the five mandated contacts yeah. um, which you know is an, is a different thing in itself yeah and it's something where with the correct support fantastic you yeah know? i mean yeah. we would hope that as parents we can be really confident that whoever sees you from a health visiting team is going to have that support and backup and that knowledge yeah. to recognise problems, communicate effectively. Um, but yeah, I think we'll link to that the Channel 4 item as well because yeah. I think it's important to understand the, the context. Yeah. And uh, and because we also, I think it's very confusing with the role with midwives as well. Yes, yeah. And it's a funny one because, I mean, as... Um, Good, uh, a friend of mine, Leah, wrote in her health visiting blog. There are a few of us health visiting bloggers around, yeah. Um, <laughs> and she was saying she pointed out how ironic it is that people don't, you know, majority of people don't turn down midwifery care, no, and wouldn't dream of not getting that support, that supervision, yeah, that, um, assessment during pregnancy, yeah. But and lots yet, of people are very wary of us. Yeah. yeah, and when they've gone through that, they're going through that massive, life-changing transition. Yeah, which you know does come more from birth than during the pregnancy. Yeah, um, on the whole. Yeah, and they then sort of turn down that support when actually we're we're just we're doing the next leg of the relay race. Yeah, with exactly. Them. You know, it's kind of like the midwives have passed on the baton to yeah. us. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe we should introduce some sort of formal baton passing on <laughs> ceremony. Maybe that would like warm us up a bit more and maybe. things. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's often how I introduce myself. So when I'm trying to explain who health visitors are, I generally say that we're all nurses or midwives originally. Then we do an extra year of training in public health um, and that we take over from the midwife and we hand over to the school nurse. So we do antenatal 
um, right through to um, age five when we yeah. hand over and when they start school. And I think that helps be- to put you in context as in terms of a service provider. Um, often you have to explain to people that we're from the NHS as well, yes. like especially people yeah. who are not from the UK originally. You commonly oh, yeah, get no. that com- uncertainty and am I going to have to pay you? And yeah. um, where do you come from? What company do you work for? You know, that yeah. kind of confusion. And you have to be very clear that... You know, we're an independent service. We're not here to, we're not working for a company. We're from the NHS. And I think people are reassured that you're an NHS employee as well. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's something where I think, yeah, the area I work in is quite a transient international community. Mm-hmm. Um, and mainly, you know, they're, they're economic migrants. They're coming over to work for yeah sometimes for a contracted amount of time yeah and yeah it is really sort of confusing for them sometimes to have that but funnily enough there are yeah I have met a lot of families who are from New Zealand from Denmark um from sort of Scandinavia where they have got um health visiting systems or similar similar systems and they're just like oh yeah no great come in we never said especially with some of the um New Zealand families it's like they, their parents have still got their Plunkett books yeah. from when they were kids themselves, similar to our child health records, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and we, we follow a thing called the Healthy Child Programme. So, we do. Um, what, what TV channel can I find that on, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> on the Healthy Child Programme. <laughs> that would be I mean, great. I've, I've tried, Maybe I've tried... we should be on TV. <laughs> No, I've, I've tried Netflix. I couldn't find it on there. Um. <laughs> no, no, it's not on any of these these things. Um, so yeah, the Healthy Child Program is the government guidance that lays out the expectations of what all children in the UK should receive in terms of their healthcare provision. Um, and it kind of sets out. I mean, that's the minimum, isn't it? Yeah, the minimum set out in there. Exactly. So um, we have this thing called um, the Universal Service, which is what we. I offer to everybody. Yeah, that's, and that's the minimum. These, yeah, and that's the, the the five contacts. I always feel like we should give them sort of cards a little when we map. first visit them. Yeah. With, when I'm thinking more kind of like you get your five visits and then a free coffee or something. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant like um, there's the four, five, six model, which is a really good kind of pictorial representation isn't it of the health business service yeah um so yeah so we were talking about the three levels of service so uh, sorry four levels of service community would be first wouldn't it and that's about kind of building community capacity um and looking at things in your local area that um at a community level you can work with and so that's things like and that's a lot of things that we we now have crossover with children's centers with and things yes yeah that's things like um breastfeeding support um things groups. that we may cross over with yeah groups and especially like with them um, sort of perinatal mental health there might be some crossover with um local um other sort of healthcare providers and things mm. who are there's, who are running groups and things for that yeah there's also for the community capacity we have a really great um ready steady moms group in our area and that's kind of a, a, i think of that as a very good example of building community capacity um, oh, so that's that's so... worth a look actually if you're a mum or if you're a uh, health visitor if you google ready steady mums it's like a walking yeah. group yes yeah run by yeah and they have them yeah i've heard of them popping up all over yes the yeah place. they're all yeah. over yeah, yeah. and they're actually thing. i'm right in thinking they are kind of 
something that health is to start off but then actually hand it over to the mums to run themselves yes usually exactly yeah they have like a nominated um mum who's or dad for that matter but um who is kind of coordinating the group um and they act as the person who will send a text to a new member inviting them giving them all the information of where they're going and all of that stuff um it's essentially yeah a community level intervention really um so that's the first level the community then there's universal which is like you say the five mandated contacts that every child in the uk is offered and so what are those contacts amy aha well i'm glad you asked jenny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the first one's the antenatal contact which yeah. um is now mandated so we should all be providing it to everyone yeah. universally every pregnant lady and, and so, different places so, do it in different ways yeah mm. so in my area we've introduced doing antenatal groups mm-hmm. for um universal parents but we also offer the one-to-one visits and these yes. can be requested by parents themselves yeah or it might be, um, we sometimes hear from midwifery services about um, parents who might need that one-to-one contact. And yeah. that could be for various reasons. For some guys, it might be that they've got a, um, a health problem that maybe need that privacy to be able to discuss yeah. and to um, work out with them how it might affect them. It could be that there are um, safeguarding concerns with the family. Yeah. Um could be any range of huge huge range of issues and that would be more of a targeted antenatal so that's coming onto the higher levels of service provision but yeah absolutely everybody is entitled to an antenatal visit so if you're a parent and you're thinking oh, i've not been offered an antenatal visit and i'd quite like one um then call your health visiting service and, and request one you absolutely can um yeah and I think personally, I love meeting all my families antenatally. And yeah. my new area I've just moved into, we are doing universal antenatal contacts. Um, oh, and I really value them. Um, yeah. I just think they are such a brilliant opportunity. You what get to know say? them, you get a baseline for what's normal for that person. So, exactly. you know, then in the, in the early days after they have the baby... Um, if you think oh do you know you seem a bit more anxious or you don't seem quite yourself you've actually met them before so you've got a comparison point you know what's normal for them yeah Um, I always think the worst time to suggest meeting anybody new yeah would be two weeks after you've had a baby when you're sleep deprived you're not entirely sure which way's up yeah your boobs are possibly leaking yeah and that's just if you're the bloke yeah 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 it's just (laughs) the worst time and you're so vulnerable as well and I think people are very nervous about meeting us for the first time and that antenatal contact really helps to dispel that anxiety about meeting us um and to kind of for them to understand our role um and to kind of put a face to the name and feel like you've got a familiar person coming around and that helps you to feel safe after you've had the baby knowing you've got somebody that you actually have already met is going to come around and see you rather than a stranger yeah um and and you get to know the services that's the point of the antenatal as well is to talk to you about you know what the groups are in your local area you know and is there anything you're worried about because there might be things we can put in place beforehand that will help i think that's the key thing and also to get the start on advice about safe sleeping yeah, feeding. advice on infant feeding mm. and reassurance as well yeah um and it's like the the ideal 
um, antenatal contact actually takes place a lot earlier than people think. Yeah. It's actually ideally between about 28 and 32 weeks. Yes, yeah. Because what we find is if you imagine labour being like a quite sturdy brick wall. Yeah. And parenthood is like a mountain behind the brick wall. Yeah. The closer you get to that brick wall, the less of the mountain you're going to see behind the brick wall. That's a really good analogy. And so it's that thing of trying to get to someone at a point where they're not so close to the brick wall that they can't see over it or yeah. behind it. Yeah. You know, and sort of really being able to do that. And I think um Dave Mundy, friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hi Dave. <laughs> we'll have to get him on as a guest at some point. We will, point, yeah. Definitely. We talk about him too much. Um exactly. Um but he has a great analogy that um he talks about that yeah, we we're sort of hoping to block holes to stop people from falling in the stream rather than being further downstream and yeah. having to fish people out. Yes. If yeah. we can see them sort of further up the stream yeah. where there's a hole through the fence to the stream. Yeah. Then <laughs> yeah. it actually is a simpler intervention. Yeah, it's absolutely. less traumatic. It's more effective. Yeah. And know. that's the whole principle of health visiting really. It's a public health Indeed. We are our qualification is specialist community public health nurse health visitor so yeah. you're a public health nurse which is all about yeah. health promotion um the kind of salutogenic approach the, the keeping health in mind rather than illness and you're throwing some very techie terms in there there Amy, you go you know say. i'm just giving people things to google you know if they want to google salutogenic <laughs> that's that's you will probably bring up the amazing review, Why Health Visiting, which is all about that approach. So if you wanted to... Might just absolutely bewilder. But salutogenic, we're roughly... It's kind of a a slightly similar term to holistic, guys. Yeah, like um, it's about health, health creating, health promoting, like like you say, yes. looking ahead and trying to create positive health rather than responding to illness, which yeah. is what the health visiting is is all about. Yeah. Um, so that's so, so we've talked about the antenatal. next one of the yeah. So the next core contact, and I think the one that we are Famous most well for. known for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you look at our portfolio, it's yeah. the, it's the new birth visit. So yeah. it's the 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 it should be done between ten to fourteen days and would be um us coming in and so it's often you still might be being seen by the midwife that's okay we are normally completely different trust and things to the the midwives so um the important thing to note is that we can't um we can't help you with any problems we are having with the midwifery service per se obviously if they've not seen you since you left hospital then (laughs) we will be able to find out who to phone and things and to to get in touch with them to let them know um, but if you're wanting to move your midwifery appointment from one surgery to another, I'm really sorry, but we have no say in that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not our bag. Yeah, but we can usually give you a phone number if you haven't got one um, for you to be able to follow it up. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the new birth visit between 10 and 14 days um, is done in the home. I think it's yes. rare for it to be done outside the home. even Very in some. Rare. I think th- there are some trusts proposing it. Um, but mm. um, it's almost always in the home, which I and value it, massively yeah, as a health Yeah, definitely, visitor. because I think we are the only service that will actually go Universally. to your home, mm. knock on any door. Mm. Um, and it's like, you know, you can be, I mean, Victoria Beckham, 
or you can be someone living in temporary accommodation. Yeah. Um, we will come and knock on your door, say hello. Yeah. Um, and we're be, offering the same support yeah, to everyone. Supportive, so that's really definitely. important. That yeah, universality of the service is, <laughs> is vital, I think. If, if Victoria Beckham's using a Tommy Tippy Perfect prep machine, I will give her exactly the same talking to yeah. as I would give <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> And you make yourself very popular. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, definitely, especially with Tommy Tippy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so um, the new birth visit basically is about us trying to see how you're getting on after you've had the baby. Um, my main goals in a new birth are, well, my main goal in a new birth is to see if the parents have any goals that they want me to try and achieve. That's number one, because I try to let the parent lead the agenda rather than me coming in with my own tick list. I think that's kind of the most important thing. Whatever issues you've got as a parent, that's the most important thing for us to address first and foremost. Um, But generally, I feel the new births have been a success if I've kind of talked about feeding, I've talked about um, mental health and emotional well-being, I've talked about safe sleep, um, and I've tried to sort of address some of the other stuff as well. And there's a huge long list of things that we might potentially talk to you about at a new birth but I think it's about being responsive to what the parent needs there and then isn't it yeah and it's that thing where it can be a little bit I mean where in sort of presentations you might go to you can have death by powerpoint yeah um we have to be a bit responsive and careful as um health visitors that we don't cause death by leaflet yeah (laughs) and leaflet yeah I mean the key thing for me in a new birth visit and I think yeah very similar to what you said are sort of double checking how the parents are adapting that they've got got good support mm-hmm. um how feeding is going mm-hmm. giving the pointers on how to help maximize feeding mm-hmm. and be supportive of that um it's yeah it, and sort of really ensuring yeah if we get you know talk about sleep as well and ensuring that there's the sort of the guidance there for safe sleep i think what we have to be obviously aware of is that people have their own opinions and ideas about how to do parenting and everyone does doesn't that don't they you know when you meet like everybody as soon as you have a baby everybody's giving you their opinions on how that you they think you should do it um and what I always think and say is that if we're just a nice person giving our friendly advice that's not useful to anyone because just giving your opinion isn't helpful. What we've got is the evidence behind our opinion. Otherwise, we're just a friendly person giving you our advice. We're no different from anybody else who's giving you advice. So our advice has to be evidence-based. And that is really the value of having a health visitor's guidance rather than um, Johnny in the street or, you know, whoever else. Um, And, and, you know, it's, again, about a conversation because quite often, like, people will think that we're going to be like... you can't do that what you mean you're co-sleeping but actually that's quite an old-fashioned style of health visiting I don't think many people would have that attitude anymore you know it's much more like oh right okay that's that's fine so let's talk about that you know how are you doing it because there's probably ways that we can do it that will try and make it a a safer experience you know um and that's that's what we're here to do is to help people not to just show how yeah to show how outdated that is even if a parent tells me how they are really not keen on the idea of co-sleeping, the baby's going to always be in the Moses basket mm-hmm. or the cot, mm. I will direct them to look up how to co-sleep safely. 
because I know the chances are there will be that one night maybe even where actually to get some sleep they need to bring the baby into the bed with them yeah and that is not the time to which to go oh I wonder how to do this safely no exactly (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) I always say have a look have a bit of an action plan of what would we do if yeah yeah so so that's the new birth and obviously we haven't talked about newborn assessment but I mean that's always a key part of my new birth visit is actually strip the baby put the baby on the scales do a weight um and and check them over so we're doing a head-to-toe assessment of the baby and that's part of what we're doing while we're there and that will be to identify anything that's been missed and I've identified loads of stuff at new births that's been missed um, it does happen, you know. Yeah. It's nice to have an extra layer of security there um, and and to have that kind of once over. And it's also things change very quickly when you have a newborn. So what might have looked like very mild jaundice on day three or day five when the midwife saw you, by the time I'm seeing you at day 10, could be quite significant and maybe something we need to do something about. So it's it's a changing thing and and that assessment is a really important part of the new birth as well um so that's the new birth visit so then we do the next routine contact where we would see everybody is the six to eight week check yep i quite like this one actually i sometimes find i think this one's a really lovely one because so often the parents who are looking a bit shell-shocked at the new birth visit are really beginning to get into their stride yeah really blossoming by this really yeah yeah. and the babies are normally smiling and the boost that gives everybody yeah is just fantastic yeah it's just um so nice and and really encouraging as well um and it's a really lovely one to really be able to give the majority of parents at six to eight week contacts we're giving them a big pat on the back and telling yeah, them how well amazing. they're doing. Yeah, that's kind of my um, broken record gramophone moment. I'm literally constantly telling all my families that they're doing really well, you know, because actually everyone is doing their best. And even in really difficult circumstances, they're still trying really hard and that needs to be validated. Um so yeah, I think we often tell people that they're um, they're doing really well all the time, don't yeah. we? But definitely the six week check and the six week check as well. I often talk about um, mood and emotional health. That's like the key thing I'm trying to cover yeah. at the six week check. And we'll yeah. obviously do another assessment again. We strip the baby again. We weigh them. Um, but yeah. but the main focus of my visit is to just see how they're getting on. And sometimes yeah. that can be done in clinic. That check as well. Yes, yeah. In fact, we often do it where yeah, we, we, have, do well. we do it as clinic check. Mm. Um, but I think the key thing, as you said, is really to to sort of yeah, much as I Get said, yeah, as I said, very often, going. yeah, and just really trying to give that that pause, that moment for parents to express any worries or concerns mm. that they have yeah, got. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as a daft question no. at any point. No. Um, I can guarantee. I probably trump any daft question that's ever been asked. Um, I'm far more likely to ask parents a daft question than yeah, I am for a parent to ask me a daft question. Um, and so it's that thing of, you know, and from, you know, and I mean, right from birth, but there, there's quite a big gap after six to eight week contact with when our next formal mandated contact there is. is yeah very big um, and so it's something of really important is six to eight week contact to make sure parents are aware of 
where we are, how, how to contact to us, us, how to get hold of us, how to access clinics. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know I'm very fortunate in um, sort of in London. I think most boroughs have got clinics that run several times a week. I mean, yeah. I think every day of the week we have a clinic somewhere in our borough. Mm. I know when you're um, further out into... Um, more rural areas, it's more, a bit more rural tricky. Rural areas, yeah. more tricky. And so ensuring they have that clear plan of how to contact and things yeah um, and I mean the joy of having work mobile phones as well means that I can often give them my you know, yeah give family same. my work mobile phone number yeah and sort of you know they can text me a query yeah or we have you know we in our trust we have a duty help visitor line every afternoon yeah which yeah. is again really lovely to have that yeah point of access yeah um and what i would say as well for any parent who's listening um who's thinking oh i don't even know who my health visitor is and actually i've got this question that i'd quite like you know answered find out google it get in touch with your local health visiting team and even if you get the wrong one on the phone they'll be able to tell you who your health visiting team is um and and get in touch with us because quite often there is a big gap between six weeks and at six weeks often there's still an awful lot going on and I think it is easy to kind of forget who we are um and to sort of just and maybe confuse us with the midwives um I had loads of people coming around at the early days and I can't really remember who they were now you know that's really common um and actually it's not that we don't want to see you so you'll inquiry your query will always be welcome um so get in touch if if you're in that gap between i I did have a um a family who dna'd their six to eight week review and dna means did not turn up yeah yeah and did not attend and uh, when i contacted them to check if there'd been a problem or anything um they they said well oh yes but the the midwife discharged us after you'd seen us so you know, uh, we didn't need to come and see you, did we? And yeah. they honestly thought the midwife discharging them yeah, was like yeah. they were also discharged from us because yeah, they easy had that mistake. confusion. Yeah, yeah easy mistake yeah. to make. I had a I had a, a lady calling me the midwife. Um, one of my vulnerable families that I was working with really closely. I was probably seeing her weekly, um, for maybe three months. Um, and she yeah. had a two-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. The midwives have not been involved for quite some time. But <laughs> she still used to call me the midwife. Oh, um, yeah. So it's, it's really easy confusion. Um, Although I also sometimes get doctor. Yes, yeah, if you, I get If that. you sound like you know what you're talking yeah. about, then obviously you're a doctor. <laughs> Say goodbye to the doctor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that was the... So we've had the antenatal, the new birth, the six- to eight-week check, and then there's a long yeah. gap. And then the next yeah. contacts are the development reviews, aren't they? Yes, yeah. So these occur the um, health review one, catchily titled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> happens between sort of nine to twelve months. Yeah. And then um, health review two. Yeah. Can you see what we've done with the titles? There? Yeah, very, um, very ingenious, very, imaginative. That- that occurs there. between indeed that occurs between um two, two and two and, a half. two and a half years yeah so those contacts are quite often done in clinic i think almost always done in clinic um yeah. and are more commonly now by different places being done by community nursery nurses um, yes, and yeah. they often have expertise in areas like um fussy eating toilet training um sleep 
problems, yeah. temper they tantrums are, in the yeah. two-year-olds, you know, those types of issues, um, which are commonly the things that kind of come up at those reviews. But obviously the main purpose of the review is to uh, check on the child's development. And we'll yeah. look over a number of different areas um, at, at both of those reviews. Yeah, and all areas now typically use a um, a tool called um, an ASQ, Ages yes. and Stages Questionnaire. Yeah. And so this will often be sent out to you um, to In complete the before the appointment. Yeah. And um, there, it's worth remembering when you're completing it that this is just the starting point yeah, for any conversation absolutely. discussion. Um, this is not the be all and end all. No. Um, I know my when I do a review, the ASQ is normally they give it to me as soon as they walk in. Like here, I've done my ASQ, I've come prepared, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I usually just don't even look at it for the first fifteen minutes, twenty minutes of the appointment, and then perhaps we'll glance at it when we start talking about something that's relevant, or you know. But it isn't like I sit there and go through it immediately. No. It's much more important to get the parents' opinion and yeah. talk to them first. You know what? It's really funny because often. I will actually do it a different way. I do often oh, you do, it first. do the questionnaire quickly first. Yeah. And especially if there's been any concerns around, or if they haven't had, if they haven't maybe completed it, or yes, sometimes yeah, yeah. it can happen. Where obviously, yeah, things happen. Sometimes you'll have the appointment booked in, and then you'll be ill, or yeah. your child will be <laughs> ill. Or I had one once that was cancelled. The dad phoned up very, very apologetically. Mm because mum had gone into labour. Oh, goodness. Oh, well, I think <laughs> we were, can forgive they that. They were having number two. Um, and Aww. so sometimes these things will be, yeah, they'll be rearranged for a few weeks past. Yeah. And so sometimes they actually, the child's that little bit older, they're, they're actually onto the yeah. next stage up questionnaire. Yeah. So I often find I do that one. And also because I find, even if it's that I'm just marking it through, that they've completed yeah. it already, it's really useful that it gives especially with the two to two and a half year olds, gives them a chance to acclimatise to the yeah, room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, It gives definitely. me a chance to see that interaction between the mum and child. Yeah. And, you know, how are they calming the child down? How yeah. are they interacting together yeah. and things? Yeah. Um, and I find it's a really useful launching pad because then also it gives me an indication, have they got any concerns? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I can still, and I always will explain this, it's just a starting point. I'm just going to go through this quickly. Yeah. To, find it's out not, where we're at yeah it's not and, like a test they haven't yeah. failed it if they're not doing it and that's something I don't like about the ASQ actually is it can feel like a failure if you're the one going through ticking it going not yet not yet not yeah. yet you yeah. know it can feel um as yeah. a parent quite quite intimidating In, I think interestingly um, and god god is regular listeners Crouch knows quite what my kids sound like with the bits and bobs I do say about them on here but both of my children were uh, (laughs) in small doses no (laughs) (laughs) Um, but both my kids were um behind for their age in communication okay really um yeah and it's interesting how I kind of it's it's influenced me in that I I can recognise when there are potential for um help require help is required mm. um and i i completely recognize how parents feel as mm. well at that point um and i think it's made me sort of more able to reassure parents that actually things are okay if that score is low yeah, yeah. um yeah. and similar with the gross motor skills the amount of parents who yeah you know, especially with the nine to 12 month review 
I find that there's a lot of kids who end up scoring really low scores in the gross motor skills. Yeah. And you can see the signs everything's emerging. You know, I always like to ask parents about, well, if you went back four weeks, what were, were they doing this at that point? And they'll be, oh, no, no, they weren't even pulling themselves up or their feet weren't flat on the floor nicely yeah. when they were stood up and things. And so you can sort of really illustrate to parents there is that sign of that constant progression. Yeah, definitely. And actually a simple phone call in another few months would probably be plenty to really yeah. sort of to reassure Review them of things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, and it's amazing how, and it often seems to be the dads. Yeah, it's often the dads who are slow to walk. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, his mum said that he, you know, he my was, husband yeah, didn't he's walk okay until walk. he was... Yeah. Sort of, yeah and and, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't matter like you know like you said we're not we're not here to test them um what we're here to do is to identify if there are any issues so that they can get yeah. the support that they need if they need it but like you exactly. say most often it's just reassuring you or maybe reviewing yeah. it in a few months and for the children where we are identifying issues um that's because we can help you know it's yeah. not because we're, we're doing it to say oh look you should have done this or they should be yeah. doing that just for fun you know no. um we're doing it because oh okay right well if he's struggling in this area then you know let's try this and this and this and that might support him or that might you know help her um yeah. so don't feel nervous about your development reviews if you're a parent listening no no <laughs> um, we're not as and scary also as similarly if even if you think everything's going along really really well yeah it's not often that someone it's with expertise offers the chance come and spend yeah. half an hour three quarters an exactly. hour with us it's and very rare in fact i don't think i've ever had a contact where something hasn't come up no, do you know what i mean yeah. something will come up in the conversation and it will feel like we've talked about something which is beneficial so it's, it's very rare yeah. that that doesn't happen so yeah. come along even if everything's going great it's, it's, an, yeah. it's an opportunity like you say um and so that's that, the universal contact yeah. And Sorry. for many at that that two to two and a half age, that might be the last contact that we yes, yeah. formally have with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, as we mentioned already, there are, are clinics. Yeah. Um, there are often often duty lines. Yeah. Also, we might be in touch after um A and E attendances. We actually get yeah. notification yeah. of all of children in our areas A and E attendances. Yeah. And if there's been a, a significant or worrying injury or if there was an admission to hospital and there's like might be ongoing treatment or things, yeah. we will probably make contact. So just, yeah. again, you know, offer support, reassurance. Yeah, make and sure you're see okay. if there's any further advice needed. And even just from that point of view of counselling parents as well, mm-hmm. you know, it's often nice for them to have a bit of a chance to debrief on yeah. what happened. Yeah. And just that reassurance. Um, I know with... Littons with bronchiolitis. Yes, can they be often terrifying need that. for parents. Yeah, and, and that thing where parents are very quick to think they haven't acted quickly enough yeah, or they shouldn't have gone the to the GP, yeah. they should have gone straight to A&E. Yeah. And so it's really good for us to be able to dispel that and to work with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are times that there will be further support offered and further visits offered to families. Yeah, so when we're offering an additional level of service, so um, there's two additional levels so the first one is universal plus um so that's for families that are requiring some extra support at the minute and that could be for a huge range of reasons um you know it might be that they're going through a difficult time you know emotionally it might be um they've actually got a mental health problem um it might be 
that there is um, difficulties in the relationship and, and bonding and things like that and attachment, which often yeah. we can offer loads of support with as health visitors and people feel scared to talk to us about, but actually, you know, we're here to help. So and when yeah. we're not going to go, you know, running a mile or, or screaming or reporting you to anyone. It's, it's literally a case <laughs> of we're going to help you to try and build that bond and build that relationship. So, yeah. you know, that's part of our role. It might be something simple as that. Um, or it could just be that they're needing a bit of extra guidance around sleep or around feeding. Maybe breastfeeding's yeah. not going great. Maybe they've had a really difficult birth and they're still getting over that. So you're holding on to them a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and with like multiple births as well, I often yeah, yeah, course, do a bit of extra yeah. because often it's so tricky to negotiate getting out to clinic yeah. with one baby, let alone with yeah, two. Absolutely. Um, do, having, you know, if there's any additional needs or disabilities in the child yeah. um, or even in older children, sometimes that can be significant enough that it's yeah. impacting on the family life to the extent that they would be a universal plus family. Yeah. And some of them even fall into the, the final category, which is an universal partnership plus. Yeah, absolutely. Which is where we're working with other agencies. So it could be social services, it could be um specialist teams in hospitals, so with children with very complex needs. Yeah. Um, and just sort of being able to it it's an indication that we're having to work um as a wider team as part of a wider team yeah to best support that family yeah. and also because it get really confusing it gets i mean it gets really confusing for us and it must be so confusing sometimes for parents yeah who have meeting all these different specialities as to who's doing what and where they are and we're often that sort of that conduit to yeah. um all the others where we can kind of have a bit more regular contact and contact in your own home yeah. which is a lot less stressful than sort of hospital appointments and things yeah and we can really sort of work with you and sort of work out what the worries and concerns are and make sure they are fully addressed and advocate yeah. really for for families as yeah. well and support and often people are living in really really difficult situations and have huge amounts of stress um in their lives and we can provide support with that um, and I think you know when it comes to things like drug and alcohol misuse problems um, issues around domestic violence or the very severe end of mental health spectrum um, yeah. they're all things that could potentially be um, universal partnership plus situations pretty much anything can be a partnership plus as long as there's other services involved that's literally what that means but yeah. it, it just gives us that extra bit of time really to be able to spend with that family and I think yeah. what I would say this is true for the whole spectrum right from universal all the way up is particularly important with the partnership plus clients and also with the universal plus clients um, is that relationship that they have with the health visitor and that yeah. underpins everything that we do and no good work in health visiting is ever done outside of a relationship all of it takes place in a relationship yeah. so your relationship with that family is the first and foremost thing um, yeah. when it comes to working with them because you're never going to have any impact on anything if you don't have yeah. a relationship with them so yeah that continuity of care of having the same health visitor um especially if you're a vulnerable family or if there's additional needs in the family for whatever reason is so important um and that's something we can offer and i think the important thing as well to add to this is that as health visitors we're 
autonomous practitioners. Mm-hmm. So where else, if you're working as a nurse on the hospital ward, yeah, you have the immediate kind of seniority of the, sis- you know, the sisters and charge nurses working with you, yeah. the ward managers, the doctors, they're all right there and yeah. sort of very close by. We're obviously on our own when we're visiting these families. Yeah. So if we feel that a family needs a higher level of care, yeah. we it's our decision. Yeah. We, we justify that with our assessment yeah um and yeah but it's down to us as to sort of and even if we make that judgment call we are then working with the families and maybe with other professionals to work out right how frequently does this family need to be seen how often would you like to see really yeah yeah, and how how to really tailor make that yeah um and i think if you look back through our other podcasts interestingly the one that's really calling out to me is the one we did with Bridget Hargreave. Yes, yeah. Where she spoke about um, her health visitor doing listening visits. Yeah, yeah. And her feelings around that, where she would kind of feel a bit like, oh, I don't know if I really need this. Or, and, and But would end up not cancelling it. And after she'd had the visit, would feel, feel better. really yeah. a lot better and very well supported and yeah. things. And listening um, visit is a therapeutic intervention in itself, isn't it, that we can offer. So we can offer a huge amount of different support. And the important thing about health visiting is that it's personalised yeah. to that family um, and to Definitely. their needs. So that's a yeah. really important point. Um, but yeah, I mean, on to a slightly lighter note, there's all sorts of bizarre and weird and wonderful ideas about what we are and what we're not. We were just going to debunk a few myths, weren't we, quickly before we finish? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because we do hear a lot. Uh, good old mum's net um, yeah. often has... Oh, we've got a dreadful reputation, haven't we, Jenny? We're awful. It's very it's, unjustified, it... may I say. <laughs> not fair. Well, the first one, the biggest one that I'd like to debunk, which yeah. I see written so often... Um, it's about our toilet habits, Amy. Our <laughs> toilet habits. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, um, we apparently it seems to be common knowledge that we don't actually have bladders. Oh, really? Um, well, I definitely can. I say my bladder is a very present part of my life. Yeah. So apparently, if we ask to go to the loo in someone's house, we don't really need the loo. We don't oh, really. <laughs> done back to back visits and being offered drinks in all those visits yeah um we're actually just wanting to be nosy yes yeah yeah absolutely um, i'd like to dispel true. that because yeah i can genuinely say if i'm in your house and i ask to use your loo i just need a it's wee. because i need a wee yeah, yeah. I need a wee. Um, it's that simple yeah there's no ulterior a... motive there Especially if it's like mid to late morning or early afternoon. Yeah. If you offer me a large glass of water an hour or so later, I will visit your loo before I leave your house. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so that's um, a good one to be debunking. Yeah, yeah we are so just I needing actually, to go I actually for put a bit of a, a shout out on a, um, a Facebook group for health visitors. Yes. Um, to see what came up. And um, and this one I I love. So this one was from um, it was the, in fact they they responded very quickly yeah. after I posted it on the thread, and um, she said over the years I have attended at least three antenatals where the women were in active labour <laughs> and didn't go anywhere because obviously I could deliver the baby. Oh my god. P- P.S. I'm not even midwifery trained. Now, I know there are some health visitors who are midwifery trained, but we really cannot suggest no. you hold on like no, that just not. in case. No, definitely not. We're not, we're, not, we're not 
going to deliver your baby. I was going to say we're not midwives, but some health visitors are midwives. If you were lucky, you'd get a midwife. But if you were unlucky, you'd get me, who's a child nurse, and would basically be like calling an ambulance at this yeah. stage. Um. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did A&E. So I, I was at the birth of several babies who came a uh, bit quicker than they were expected. Um, I've only ever observed births. I've never been in any way an active part of them. As part yeah. of my training, I observe some births, but I haven't, you know, I'm not a midwife. I'm a children's no. nurse and paediatric nurse. <laughs> so, yeah, no, don't don't wait to so, um, have your baby. So, yeah, so, um, and we've had a couple along the whole, you know, that we will we'll inspect their house and yes, report cleanliness. back. Yes, cleanliness, yeah, that's now, a common one. Everyone thinks we're... It, sorry. It does make it sound like we're looking at the home decor as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I have to say, I do sometimes. I have been to some houses where I've been, I've had serious envy yeah. <laughs> over sort of sofas and wallpaper and things. Um, but I can honestly say that I, I, and I often tell parents, how my husband does absolutely despair of me. As we speak, I have a, a sink full of oh, my dirty goodness, stuff, probably from breakfast still. Yeah, I'm um, not judging so, your, you're not yeah, judging the state not of your judging, flat. No. Not judging. Especially <laughs> since you've you've by the nature of the fact that I'm visiting you, you have small children. So I'm yeah. in no position to judge the amount of pots on you know, in your sink no, you know i'm not that's no. not what i'm here to do at all i think people imagine us as some kind of kim and aggie characters you know with like white gloves going around the mantelpiece you know checking yeah. that your home is fit for a baby which yeah. is absolutely if, not what we're there to do if anything it makes me more suspicious if a home is really really clean <laughs> and tidy than if it's just got a little bit of mess and things oh, people are um, now going to be staging their homes to look messy you know that don't you Jen? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> basically we're um, not there for that reason also people think we are social workers um yes which i would or, like to say i am very glad that i am not no and i'm they have firmly a really rough job yeah. firmly health okay yes. not social care um equally we're not spies we're not spies social for social workers, workers either no no um, we're really not if we are if we are telling social workers things unless it would telling you would put your child in immediate danger we will tell you yeah and in fact we will often even be in the same room at a meeting and things when we speak discussing it yeah it's yeah. not like we're going away and having secret meetings with social care every week where we report back on the state of everyone's homes you know <laughs> really it's it's not like that guys um <laughs> if as, as you say if i was to ever have um you know at which frequently we obviously do have worries and if that is the case and we feel that you do need extra support then we'll discuss that with you we don't just yeah. randomly go off and tell people no. um and, and it's always what you're doing in that situation is not about judgment it's about making sure that we can support you and help you in whatever yeah. you need um that's what that's that's coming from a place of wanting to help you not a yeah. place of wanting to judge you there is also the thought that all we do is weigh babies. Oh, yeah. Blimey, how boring would our job oh be goodness. if that was all we did? Literally, it's such a small part of what we do. Such <laughs> a small part of what we do. Um, um, it's easy to look at our job, though, and think that all we do is weighing babies because you see people coming into clinics and being weighed. Um, and I think a really skilled health visitor, there's a lot going on under the surface that you can't see in that yeah. conversation. Um which is actually yeah. far more important than whatever the scales say. Yeah. And um, a few of the um, comments come back to what we were talking about, um, about 
our, our backgrounds are sort of what what qualifications you need to have yeah um so you know apparently someone said right they'd have been collectors and shop assistants apply for health visiting jobs having <laughs> obviously not read the job specification and someone else says that That's one of their clients one of their clients once asked what BTEC they needed to be a health visitor oh, now I mean I I did start off with a BTEC yeah in nothing wrong with BTEC nothing wrong with it but um but this this person does say that they they talked her through everything else she would then need yeah and apparently she was sort of absolutely gobsmacked yeah um yeah but it's that right. thing where and, and she says yeah mind you does anyone else struggle with explaining to people who have no clue what we do yes and it's really difficult struggles. i had i had to say i had to uh sort of try and explain it to my husband and when i when i did the big move from a and e to health visiting yeah and it was people yeah was so many of my friends even were saying oh so you're, you're not a nurse anymore i know yeah it's like so many no i'm an even that. better qualified one and also um, people are saying oh so um well, that's nice, isn't it? You just have a nice job, way in Vegas. Oh. You won't have to do shifts anymore. It'll be lovely. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, uh, again, massive. It's not glamorous, health visiting. No, it's no. not the career to go into if you're after money. And it's not no. the career to go into if you're after glamour. Or, and it's definitely or not the food or fixed yeah. toilet breaks or, yeah. you know, any of those things, luxuries oh, that indeed. you might expect in other roles. Yeah, no one ever <laughs> comes in the middle of the clinic and says... I'll take over. You go have a fifteen minute break. Why don't you have a sandwich? <laughs> have you eaten anything yet today? Because yeah. it's twelve o'clock and you're in my house, so you know, you obviously haven't eaten. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this one as well. Someone did just write that we don't all wear twin set and pearls. No, oh bless. That's <laughs> no, the official uniform went out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> the twin set and pearls. Oh. So oh, yeah, so dear. that's some of the myths. Um, we're not yeah. scary. We're not horrible. We're not here to judge you or check up on you. We're genuinely no. here to help, um, and we've got lots of skills, and we want to help you with them. So please yeah. be honest with us and tell us how you're really feeling and what's really going on for you, um, and we will help you. Um, yeah. And I really hope that um, you've enjoyed this, and that it has maybe um, maybe helped um, you understand more about what we are, what yeah. we do. Um, and maybe it's made you more curious. So um, maybe um, check out some of our other podcast episodes yeah, that we've done. Um, and um, see, there might be, there's been a few that we've mentioned and uh, a few that we've seen. Sorry if you just heard my greyhound shaking himself there in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not me jangling my twin set. It was my dog with his collar. Oh, <laughs> and, bless him. Um, and yeah, and you can contact us on Twitter um, at IamAHV or via email, IamAHealthVisitor at gmail.com or we have a Facebook page, which is um, IamAHealthVisitor, unsurprisingly. Um, no, the unsurprisingly isn't on the Facebook page. <laughs> it's just IamAHealthVisitor. <laughs> I think it's, it's been the end of a long day, hasn't it, Jen? I think it we has, call it a day it now. Um, yes. Obviously, needless to say... Um, don't send us your inquiries about your child's nappies or um yes, you know, no. vomiting if, patterns or, or if you do have any worries about your child please do contact, contact your local your team. health visitors yeah <laughs> google health visiting service followed by the name of the area you live in and you'll yes. you'll get up the details of your local service and give them a call or, or if you have got a baby already double check the front of your red book yeah that's always a good place okay um 
thank you very much for listening uh hopefully we will see you again soon and one of our other yeah. episodes brilliant all the best everyone take care thanks for listening bye bye